Welcome to the Naples Community Church Podcast with Pastor Kurt Anderson. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you find this sermon inspires you, builds your faith, and gives you perspective to see God moving in your life. We trust God has great things in store for you. Enjoy today's message. Lord, you paid it all. All to you we owe. Dear Father, the sin that has left a crimson stain, you took it unto yourself. May the good news fill our hearts and lives, even now as we submit ourselves to your word. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Apostle Paul started out as a persecutor of the church. He was there, he held the cloak of Stephen while some of his Pharisee friends stoned him, killed him, first martyr of the church. And Paul was there essentially to supervise it. He was Saul at that point. His name later changed from Saul to Paul. But he was, he was tough. And he was going to do what he could to wipe out this tiny little sect of Judaism. And, and he was traveling in order to find out where they were and to seek them out and to destroy them. And he was on, on his way to a little town called Damascus and there the risen Christ met him, struck him blind. And from that point on, the Apostle Paul realized that his life had been dramatically changed. And he didn't get, he didn't get his thinking or his teaching from the big shots down in Jerusalem. He went into isolation. And in isolation... The Lord spoke to him. He was taught essentially by the spirit of Christ himself. And he was nurtured in this faith that he had actually experienced by coming face to face with the risen Christ. And this had a powerful, transforming impact on the apostle. And so he knew firsthand the power that had gripped his life and had changed him. And he had no patience whatsoever for anything that compromised the central truth of the gospel. So the apostle was north of Jerusalem in a town called Antioch. And some of those Pharisees came up from Antioch and they were teaching people in Antioch that in order to be really fully Christian, you had to also participate in, enter into the Jewish law, which entailed circumcision. And the apostle Paul said, no way. And he went down to Jerusalem, argued with Peter, James, and John. Peter, James, and John said, okay, Paul, you're right, you're right, you're right. 
So they blessed him and Paul went on his way and carried on his missionary tour. But there was still that sect, that's still that sect of those who'd been converted from Judaism who wanted to maintain that, that law orientation. It was Jesus plus the law. And they were still active. And the Apostle Paul, writing from Ephesus, found out that they had had a huge impact in the churches up in Galatia. Hear the word of God as it comes to us from Paul's letter to that church. This letter is from Paul, an apostle. I was not appointed by any group of people or any human authority, but by Jesus Christ himself and by God the Father who raised Christ from the dead. All the brothers and sisters here join me in sending this letter to the churches of Galatia. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Jesus gave his life for our sins just as God our Father planned in order to rescue us from this evil world in which we live. All glory to God forever and ever. Amen. I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God who called you to himself through the loving mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news, but is not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Let God's curse fall on anyone, including us, or even an angel from heaven who preaches a different kind of gospel and the one we preach to you. I say it again. What we have said before, if anyone preaches any other gospel than the one you welcomed, let that person be cursed. Obviously, I'm not trying to win approval of people, but of God. If pleasing people were my goal, I would not be Christ's servant. Paul is tough. In fact, when he said, anyone who's preaching something other than what we told you, they can be accursed. That's a, a, that's a, a rather gentle way of saying what Paul is really saying. And that is that they can go to a very bad place. Paul doesn't mince his words. He feels so strongly about the nature of the gospel. Not only that he experienced, but that he saw as a liberating power in people's lives. And here these guys come up from Jerusalem and they are alloying, actually polluting, fouling the good news with this teaching that they also have to do the law. In other words, Christ alone is not Christ enough. It's Jesus plus something else. Jesus plus observance to the law. Jesus plus obeying. Jesus plus doing all the right things. Then you're good. But the reality of the human condition 
just isn't that way. The reality of the human condition is that we struggle. We all have a conscience. We all know what's right and wrong in, in essence. We struggle. And here these, this element comes in acting like they're big shots and in essence saying, we have it down to where you need to have it. You, you need to essentially conform your lives to what you're seeing in us. And what you're seeing in us is, yes, we accept Jesus and we fulfill the law. And unless you're doing that, you're just not good enough. And this gets Paul really mad. Really mad. And we're not talking about people being sociopaths. We're not talking about people who have some kind of a problem where they just do whatever they want, whenever they want, whether other people are harmed by it or not. We're talking about just people. That video I showed this morning was essentially a, a woman struggling with whatever it was in her life that she was struggling with, grappling to, to know and to understand what, what do you do? What do you do? Do I have to, do I have to just sort of clean myself up and get myself right? Do I have to sort of submit myself to some sort of strict set of rules and regulations? Or is Christ adequate? Is Christ good as he is? Is the grace of God adequate? And maybe what I need to do is, is simply live into that grace and let that grace have its way with me and change me according to the, the will of Christ. Make me, make me what he wants me to be. So the, the early church, who got Paul really mad, was Christ, but Christ was not adequate. What made him really mad was Christ plus. And that we had to somehow augment the faith that we have. And what do we use to augment our faith? <laughs> religion. We throw religion in on it. Such that we, we say, yes, well, that's great, you believe. But now you have to do thus and so. And we bring in all the religious stuff. Now, religion's not a bad thing. It puts structure around our faith. But religion is not, in and of itself, that which saves us. Religion is that which simply reflects the reality of faith. And, and the apostle is upset because the, the faith is being clouded by religion and obscured by the reality of expectations in religion. In 1939, Dietrich Bonhoeffer had an appointment to teach at Union Theological Seminary in New York. 
And he came, of course, out of Germany, and he was a part of what was called the Confessing Church in Germany that was standing up against the Nazi regime. And he knew what was going on, and he, he ultimately was martyred in, in a Nazi death camp just a few days before that camp was liberated by the Allies. But he stood, he and others, Karl Barth, Martin Niemöller, and others stood against the Nazi regime and all that they were doing. But he took time, went to New York City, and he was, while there, they wanted him to stay, but he felt like he had to go back. But he wasn't free to go back until he had actually experienced something in his own heart and life. So Bonhoeffer went to all those big steeple churches in New York. Riverside Church, Madison Avenue, Marble Collegiate. He went to all these churches and, and he sat in the pew and it was all nice and good. And, and, um, but it wasn't, it wasn't really addressing his heart. He felt like they were talking a lot of theology and a lot of stuff, but it wasn't what he needed to hear. What he needed to hear was the good news. He needed to hear the gospel. And then he learned about the Abyssinian Baptist Church up in Harlem. African-American church. And he went, and his heart was powerfully moved. He was touched because in that church, he heard the gospel preached and sung. People who were living in some set of, some degree of segregation and separation from the rest of the society were singing with joy and the preaching was preaching with power. And after several weeks attending that church, he decided he was going back to Germany. He felt that the core reality of the gospel, that we're saved by grace through faith and, grace, and, and faith in Christ alone, it is what he needed. And he went back. And he went back without religion. He left that back in New York. Went back with his faith. A faith that simply empowered him and enabled him to continue to stand against the evil that was unfolding in Germany at that time. See, it's the simple faith. I've said many times, this is, this is not a, Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. It's a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And we have structure that is religion, the robe, all this kind of stuff. But this is not the faith. Our candles, our this is not the faith. The faith is a personal relationship with God in Jesus Christ. To know him and to be known by him. Mother Teresa was on the Phil Donahue show many years ago. And Donahue was kind of a skeptic. And Donahue asked her, said, well, when you pray, 
to God, what do you say? She said, well, I, I just, just listened to him. And, and what does he say to you? She says, well, he just listens to me. It's a relationship. A relationship with God. And it's a relationship that is going to set us apart. You know, the word holy, another word for that is peculiar. <laughs> yeah, we're peculiar people. We're set apart. We're not like the rest of the world. And the Apostle Paul goes on to say that we are not even to be conformed to this world. And he accused Peter of, of being guilty of caving into social pressure when he, he ate with some, with some Gentiles or with some Jews and, and there was a big, big brouhaha over the fact that he ate you know, a particular kind of meal. But he had caved to social pressure and he, he, admi he admitted he was wrong. We are not to cave to the pressures that are being imposed upon us. And so this faith that is ours isn't about being happy. It's not about succeeding in life. <laughs> it's about being faithful to the God who made us. C.S. Lewis said, I didn't, go to I didn't go to religion to make me happy. I always knew a bottle of port would do that. If you want a religion to make you feel really comfortable, I certainly don't recommend Christianity. We want to be comfortable. Well, if we're going to be in a personal relationship with the God who made us, the God who redeemed us, then we're not going to be all that comfortable. But we can be joyful. We can be full of gratitude. So my brother, when he was a kid, 11 years old, he was a paper boy, and um, talks about how he was having a hard time. He, he loved throwing the papers, but he hated collecting. And uh, so, that, so my brother's also a pastor. We pastors, you know, we don't like talking about money. So he hated collecting uh, even back when he was 11 years old. And there was one particular place. He was in a, in a more of an impoverished neighborhood in Riverside. And one particular place that he went to that he, he had gone like two months without collecting because the guy who lived there was about 6'5", muscular, African-American guy who wore a black beret and black sunglasses. And he said he, he looked like a Black Panther. And Noel was just afraid to go there. And he threw the paper one day, and, they, uh, and, and the guy came out. And he said, hey, paper boy, you need to collect. You're not going to make any money if you don't start collecting. And so he, he went up to him, and he, he got about three months' worth of, of, uh, of paper due, that, I mean, of money that was due. And, um, and all at the time had gotten involved with, with a small group of prayers 
in a place called the Gathering Place. It was just a storefront downtown Riverside. And Noel went in and he was the only child. The, the next, next oldest one was probably, or youngest one was probably 30 or so, and ranging up to the 70s. 15, 20 people that were involved in this gathering and they would just gather together for prayer once a week, circle up. And... So Noel went to this after he threw his paper out, he would go to this thing. And about a week after this experience of collecting from this, this one person in his neighborhood, he walked in and as his light, as his eyes were correcting from the bright light outside into the darkness inside, a big booming voice from the back cried out, hey, that's my paper boy. He said, come here, brother. And Noel, 11-year-old Noel went up and, and this guy put his arm around his shoulder and they prayed together. Gospel, good news, the reality that God loves us, God redeems us. And beyond that central reality, very little matters. All the things that divide us, all the things that separate us one from another are human constructs. None of that comes from God. That all comes from our own, our own biases and prejudices. And like G.K. Chesterton said, in real life, people who are most bigoted are the people who have no convictions at all. Bigotry may be roughly defined as the anger of men who have no convictions. To have convictions is to be convicted of the reality, convinced of the reality. And not only am I loved by God, but so are others. In fact, Everyone with whom we, we have any relationship is loved by God. And again, C.S. Lewis says, you have never met an ordinary person. For all have been made in the image and likeness of God. Good news. Will you join me in prayer? And thank you, Lord. Thank you that our efforts cannot go the distance. Our self-help, our efforts to try to make things right, it may work for a while, but ultimately we find ourselves in reliance upon you and you alone. The grace that is ours because of the gift that you've given to us in your Son, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. We pray in his name. Amen. If you enjoyed today's podcast, there are a few things you can do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.naplescommunitychurch.org. If you happen to be visiting Naples, please drop in for our Sunday service at 10 a.m. We'd love to meet you. Thanks again for joining us. Have a fabulous day.